Hungry Trilobite Podcast would like to start by acknowledging these fine conventions. SoonerCon, Central Oklahoma's longest-running pop culture convention, is back. SoonerCon 31 is scheduled for June 30th through July 2nd, 2023, in Norman, Oklahoma. It promises a weekend full of tabletop gaming, cosplay, and appreciation for literary sci-fi as well as TV and comics. Visit SoonerCon.com for more information. The Hellmouth Convention The Hellmouth Convention is designed by fans for fans, with the aim of harnessing the power of fandom to raise money for charities. The Hellmouth Convention celebrates all fandoms, but particularly things like Buffy, Firefly, and Dr. Horrible. Like the Hellmouth itself, things gravitate toward it that you may not find anywhere else. The next event is scheduled for June 9th through 11th, 2023, in Los Angeles, California. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today's episode is a writing-centric episode, and in the past, if you've listened to the end of the show, which I hope you have, you've heard me talk about the Sci-Fi Coffee Company's writing contest. Well, we are starting a series on the finalists from that contest, and what I'm hoping to do is grab some great observations from people who are really trying to make a name for themselves in the sci-fi writing field and see what they're going through right now. Because if you're writing, like I'm writing, we're probably all facing the same challenges and these conversations are definitely worth having because it encourages us all to keep going. So let's start off with Dan Barr. On tap today, we have Dan Barr. How are you doing? Good, sir. I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing great, sir. You are the author of a short story that won the Sci-Fi Coffee Company's Creative Writing Contest. And that story is titled, let's make sure I get this right here, Go Boldly. Nice little reference there. Thank you. Yeah. Congratulations. So what did, how did you hear about this contest and what, what made you want to get involved? Uh, so the contest was at least partially sponsored by the Kurt Vonnegut Museum and Library in Indianapolis. Uh, I had... Uh, contributed to their Kickstarter back in the day. And so I was on their mailing list and I got uh, I got an email from them mentioning the contest and I thought, oh yeah, okay. Flash fiction contest about coffee. Uh, that sounds like something that would be fun. So uh, I just sat down and started writing. I, th- I think like the same day that I got that email. I don't want to get into spoilers on your story because I am not in that <laughs> business. It is available on the show notes on my website, aaronbostick.com goes right to sci-fi coffee's website but to say that you took the writing prompt which is about talking about the backstory of coffee from a sci-fi perspective you took that on a very literal level and it works very very pleasantly (laughs) so uh they were offering two different coffees to write on uh the one that i wrote on was called morning liftoff and the other one I, I really wish I'd looked this back up before the podcast. It had to do with love. And I felt when I was first looking at the prompt that the love one probably was a better story. It was a it was more interesting, but I couldn't figure out how to how to write an ending to that. You know, a flash fiction contest is supposed to be very short. And I was writing this thing on love and it was getting like 5,000 words. It just wasn't working. So I looked at the other one and I thought morning liftoff Let's just take this literally. Let's like just take the title of the coffee and just write exactly 
that. Uh, and I also decided to sort of do it a little bit like if I think if you're gonna write something that literal, you have to almost write it absurdly, but also take it incredibly seriously. So that's what I ended up doing with that. While I was reading it, I kept hearing the lyrics from Major Tom in the back of my head. And that just yeah. added to the, the pleasant image that you got there. Like say it was an absurdist, but it wasn't absurd to the people in the story, which is what makes it right. work. It was like the old Batman TV show. It's like anybody watching it thinks it's gar it's silly, but anybody in it truly believes it. I, I love the Major Tom thing. Uh, that was definitely on there. Uh, there was Airplane and there was Police Squad. It was sort of like I had to make sure that everybody in the world took the world absolutely 100% seriously while all the readers got to just have fun with it. So that was my plan from the beginning. Yeah, in the last 30 seconds, you and I have just named the best of the best when it comes to the absurdist <laughs> comedies. Yeah. And I, I salute you for that because that's one of those things that, it's it's such a great concept, but it almost never actually works. The people who can do it and do it well are like in the pantheon of great writers. Oh wow! Okay, thanks for, for that. I think you can do it. You can do it with a flash fiction. I think mm -hmm. that it's. I think that if I tried to make it a short story, it would get really tired very quickly. But if you give me a thousand words, I feel like that's a that's something I can do. Uh, and and the other authors who wrote, I think that they did, they did it, they did definitely do it more like a serious project. I, I feel that the woman who won third place did a very good love story and that was great for them. But for me, it was like, I have a, a few thousand words to work with. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to be crazy with it. Uh, and, and if I tried to take it seriously, I think it would have been a massive failure. When uh, the other copy was the intergalactic romance, Yes. And, and I had imagined when I saw the writing prop myself that there were going to be a lot of entries that were variations on the the Taster's Choice commercials from the 90s, <laughs> where there was this ongoing love story over the coffee. And I didn't really actually see that too much, but I'm surprised that wasn't the spin a lot of people put on it. It, you know, it's it comes totally naturally. Uh, you have to try to find some conflict in there. Um and, uh, you know, the woman who, who won third place, she did a, a story about a couple who was doing um, counseling, couples counseling, which I think was a great tact to take. Uh, it, it, just was, it just wasn't working for me while being able to take morning lift off and just write a thousand words on that. I think, you know, I had, the, the minute I started, I just had started having fun with it. And I think that's very important. Mm -hmm. when you're writing is to just have fun with if you're not having fun it's your your readers aren't going to have fun so uh what once i realized that this was going to be a blast to write i just was like yeah this is the one to do and especially when it comes to having fun in flash fiction there is no room for playing around there is no room for dragging out details if you're not if you and the audience are not enjoying it something's wrong yeah, so so with flash fiction, I feel like flash fiction does not have a beginning or an end. I think my story definitely ends, but if you look at it from a perspective of like real writing, it's not a very satisfying end. And if you look at it at the beginning, uh, my story starts out with a coffee-powered rocket that's already been designed and built. You mm -hmm. know, if you want to do a real story, you could go from the beginning of the inspiration of a coffee powered rocket and how does this rocket work 
and how are they paying for it and all these things all these conflicts but with flash fiction you just start right you just start in the middle and you end in the middle and uh uh so uh that's really it's a different kind of writing than you're going to do with a with a full short story or or novella or anything like that now i can imagine what based on what you just said there that somebody is going to be listening to that and they're probably a very ill-tempered dude named jeremy who is looking at this saying well that just shows that this is not true science fiction because you the science behind a coffee power rocket is completely unproven unless you flush that that dude is missing yeah. the point the fact oh, yeah. is yeah yeah i could never explain how this how this rock anyone who asks me questions about the story i'll just be like you, you just have to take it at face value i couldn't answer any of the science i couldn't ask, answer like why would someone do that i have no idea you just have to read it and have fun Yes. And that's, I think, a big mistake a lot of people who really like science fiction make is they say, well, if the science isn't completely fleshed out, it's it doesn't work. It's not science fiction. Like, whoa, that is not even close to the point. Uh, you know, I've, I've read hard sci-fi before. It's not my favorite. I understand the appeal, especially for people who are really looking to explore various issues in science and technology. Uh, for me, I really like, um, for example, Samuel R. Delaney, uh, who is a fantastic author. And, and if you haven't read him and you're a sci-fi fan, I highly recommend his stuff. There are books of his that I don't understand a word of. They're not hard sci-fi. They're, they're very soft sci-fi, but they're amazingly written. And it's just about the concept. And it's about exploring, you know, what if. And there's room for that kind of sci-fi as well. And I'm not a gatekeeper. I think that people who want to who enjoy what they enjoy like you know if you enjoy vampire fiction like yeah read vampire fiction there's no shame in that at all so yeah i hope people enjoy my story uh i hope you know maybe if someone has some questions maybe they'll write a story that answers those, those questions i don't have mm -hmm. them but That's, please yeah <laughs> it's a fantastic path to take that you've set up there because what what you've done is is i think a great variety of science fiction it's not all of it but it's a good chunk of it where you set up the place you want to be and you let somebody else figure out how to get from where they are to there if need be if somebody else needs to figure out how the rocket works fantastic but if not if the whole story is just telling about the rocket and and the, the world of it go for it like nobody has to care why the, the lightsaber works they just they're glad it does oh yes and, and I'm the kind of guy who, once Lucas decided that he needed to explain all of the stuff in his Star Wars stories, I started hating Star Wars, but I love Star Wars. You know, it's like you put midichlorians in there. I'm like, well, I'm done. Because there's just something, there's a, to me, there's a real joy in just the, the fantasy element of sci-fi, you mm -hmm. know? Um, and the more you explain things to me, the less I start to be engaged with it because it's, I, I like the the story of the people and the places and, and uh, you know, it's all this, it's speculative fiction. And that really encompasses a lot of things, not just sci-fi. And and it's the speculation that I really enjoy more than, than the science. So, yeah. And that's when Jeremy starts to lecture you on the difference between speculative fiction and space fantasy. And that's when we just say, <laughs> that's not the point. The point is to just give somebody the construct for telling a great story worry less about the labels and just let's say hey if you can set this up in my imagination run with it yeah yeah i i think that that um you know the goal for any writer is for 
people to enjoy their their writing mm -hmm. and uh, i it's i'm really happy that uh, people enjoyed this story that people voted for this story and that it won uh and if you know it's i want people to to read what they enjoy so and and as a as a counterpoint write what they enjoy yeah and that's that really becomes the thing is people get afraid to write because of gatekeeping like we were just talking about here by the way no offense to anybody named jeremy it's just a name i like to pick on but you know when people say well this it needs to be this where it's not real you're discouraging somebody else from being creative you're discouraging somebody else from picking up that pen the first time and that's wrong uh you know and and uh since since we were children reading it was never about what was real it was about what was possible and mm -hmm. writing is all about making the impossible possible and so a coffee powered rocket becomes possible just because i've written it that way and and that's really like anyone who's out there who's worried about their writing who thinks to themselves ah but this is just this is just impossible it's like that's okay this you know that's what fiction gives us is it lets us have the impossible so uh it it's fun it's fun to sort of take an idea and say how do i make this impossible idea how do i explain it how do i make it possible and and there's a lot of of fun to to explore that as well but i would say to anyone who's interested in in writing the impossible like yeah write the impossible like that's mm -hmm. that's great like, i would love to read that so you talked about Star Wars over explaining itself, and I yeah. am behind you on that 100%. Um, I tend to write off the midi chlorines as a weird thing they had to say in one movie that I didn't care for right. much in the first place. And I just let it go from there. Because after you get past that, I'm kind of back on board. But I will say that things like comic books in particular, and I'm a DC fanboy, and DC has not been the best at letting things go when they don't need to be explained. Well, I would argue that for a while, Superman had every power available and they never explained any. I think he had super knitting at one point and it's <laughs> like, all right, he's Superman. I, I'm a yeah. Marvel fan. Uh, I grew up on comic books. I think comic books really uh, sort of um, are a huge inspiration to my own writing just in, in that they they are, are a genre that takes itself very seriously and it's not a serious genre. Mm -hmm. uh, Ever since, like, you know, we'll go with like Jack Kirby just so we can both have sort of fanboy out a little bit. But Jack Kirby never needed to explain anything other than space radiation mm -hmm. or bitten by a spider or born this way. You know, it was like, we don't need to explain these powers. They're just fun to write about. Uh, and, and comic books have become more serious as they've been making more money and trying to attract more people. But I really enjoy the days where two random powered individuals would just fight each other for reasons that were never exactly explained. <laughs> that, I, I just thought that was, that was fun. You know, that was sort of, um, and, and I think that it's a very, uh, well, yeah, I think it's a very, a very American idea to have super powered people fight each other just because we're so into exceptionalism. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I do think that 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 the sort of randomness of comics that is, has really inspired a lot of my of my writing and reading as well. It's, it's funny you say that because 
usually when two super powered people fight each other, it's not about who has the better argument or who has the most just cause. We just want to see who wins. And the writers always end up taking the same out is that none of them really win. Because <laughs> at the last minute, something explodes or they learn something that tells them the fight needs to be off. And, and they never actually get to the who wins part, which is hilarious. Uh, I, there was... Okay. There was a great period of time in Marvel where Dr. Doom kept getting away with stuff because he had diplomatic immunity. And it was just like, who, who comes up with that idea? It's such a, like, you know, like clearly he's been beaten by the Fantastic Four again, but they can't do anything about it because he's got diplomatic immunity. And, and you know, with, with something like Batman, I never really, like Batman never resolved anything, but it was always like every week there would be a new, crazy villain with a crazy scheme and they, they were always there and i just thought i do think that's very fun and jack kirby being a fantastic example thank you for bringing that up is yeah. that he like you said wasn't super crazy about how stuff worked but the way he drew technology was so distinctive and you believe the things he made even when they never existed before or since it, the way he constructed these fantastic tools and buildings and vehicles was just so believable yeah speaking of technology that nobody explains how it works it's just there uh kirby filled his stories with you know okay now we have a machine that makes portals how does it make portals I, it has curves and metal and and chrome and and it makes portals and you're like okay well that's great let's have an adventure in a portal because it wasn't he never it was about the adventure. It wasn't about explaining the technology. And it was like whatever excuse to get to the adventure. Uh, it is sort of it. I would love to read more stuff like that these days, even though it would be, <laughs> you know, no one would take it seriously, but that's okay. It, it would just be fun. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, that it would be great to just have little adventures like that again in science fiction. It would be. And the nice thing about the formats of comics prior to the 80s, I guess, was they gave themselves the freedom to do something for one issue. And if it worked, they might do it again. And if not, you just forgot about it completely. Yes, it, it was, you know, uh, I, the, the first time they realized that crossovers were a thing did kind of wreck that one shot mentality. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you'd have these self-contained stories. You'd have these kids who were like eight, nine, 10, reading these self-contained stories and, and, they'd then go like act them out or they would I, I my friends and I used to make our own comics during recess at school and those things were not more than one issue mm -hmm. and it, it kind of like it did teach people to to write these very self-contained but quick fiction stories and you know they the word they use at least DC would use would be what they called an imaginary story as opposed to the other comic books which had completely based on fact stories I don't know but they would just like say hey we're just going to do two things with these characters we'll see what happens we're not holding ourselves to anything and kids got that in a way that showed them credit yeah and and it it was I think it's you know uh Marie Sendak who is a of course a, a, an amazing children's author from back in the day used to say that we don't have to dumb things down for kids. We don't have to make things less scary for kids or less uh, less uh, uh, violent for kids or anything. Like kids understand things. And comic books were sort of like that. It was a thing for kids, but it wasn't dumb. It wasn't picture books. It wasn't, you know, like a, a, a boxcar children's stories where everyone 
had a good time and that was the whole mm. story this was something that that kids could see like adult conflict and they could understand um these these events that were that were going on that were sort of like more more serious or or more exciting than what they were reading and and I, I, i'm sure i have no doubt that comic books have inspired so many writers uh, it, in fact, just like michael shaban uh, Jonathan Lethem, these guys who are, have won a lot of acclaim for writing full novels about comics, like good novels. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that, that comics used to create. I'm sure they still do, actually. It's the, you know, the emphasis is on the movies now, but I'm sure there are kids out there reading comic books right now who are just as inspired as, as I used to be when I was a child. I'm 100% sure of it. Uh, so Dan, what are you doing after this story here? Do you have some more works that you're looking to put out? Uh, so I, I'm working, I have one completed novelette that I'm shopping. Um, I'm working on something, a, a horror short story, like a sci-fi horror short story that knowing my writing will probably turn into another novelette. Um, and then I'm working on a, what I'm hoping will be a book length sci-fi about a, 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 uh, a, a society where everybody's identity has been stolen. So nobody has an identity anymore. We'll see how long that one goes. You know, I always have plans for book length stuff and then it ends up being shorter. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, other than that, I am uh, now working with a local nonprofit that called 916 Inc. 916, I live in Sacramento and 916 is the Sacramento area code. And that nonprofit it actually gets students from grades three to 12 to write on prompts. And at the end of the semester, they actually collect all of those writing, uh, all the writing that's been done and publish them in a book and then give those books to those, those students that have written for them. And, you know, if you want to go check out it, that, that nonprofit, it's 916.org is their website. It's a great nonprofit. And especially talking about <laughs> writing and, and being inspired to write, uh, having your name on a byline, seeing your name in a book is a huge inspiration to write more. So I'm, you know, I, I hope that it inspires a lot of these children to continue to write after they leave school or even on their own time. Awesome. I am all about people using their fandom to make the world a better place. And that is a fantastic example. So yeah. I'm going to look them up, even though I live nowhere close to you. I am still going to try my best to boost them. Put everything in the show notes on my website, aaronbossig.com. Um, and, if, and if somebody out there listening, they think to themselves, that sounds great. I want to start something similar in my own community. Uh, go for it. Like nobody has a copyright on that idea. So it's an open source concept. Yes. Uh, and if you ever wanted to see a child's face light up, show them their name in a book that they can show to their parents, that they can show to their grandparents. You know, seeing your name published is, is, I remember the first time it happened to me and I was just like, I got to do this again every, all the time. Like I have to see this again. So, you know, it's a real inspiration to, to write again to, for future writing. So, yeah. I respect the fact that you probably can't tell me a whole lot about your current in progress works because that's yeah. just never a great idea. But as you're ready to reveal them, do you have social media where you might be putting your updates? So I've gotten rid of Facebook which I recommend for anyone who wants to de-stress their lives. And my Twitter is currently private. So right now I am not promoting myself on social media. Uh, if I get really popular, if this is like winning this contest is like the first step to uh, 
like a lucrative writing career, I'll probably have to bring those both both back up. But for right now, I'm not doing any uh, any sort of promotion on social media. But thank you for asking. Sure. Well, I will still link directly to your story on my web, the show notes as well. And as uh, that's a living document, if things do come up again, I'll link to those as well. Oh, great. Yeah, thank you. Dan, thanks so much for being here. I was really glad to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. I, I'm I'm really happy that that my work has inspired so much, uh, so much, uh, so many people, you know, being interested in this because it's like I said, any writer that what they really want to do is know that people like their story. And so this has been very exciting for me to win this contest. Congratulations again. Yeah, thank you. I would like to thank Dan for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. As I said before, Dan came my way by the Sci-Fi Coffee Company's writing contest, and that contest is closed now, but I'm hoping that in the future we'll see more like it, because these kinds of contests are a great way for people like Dan and like the other finalists to get their foot in the door with the audiences of the world. That's you people listening right now. The people who truly cherish science fiction starting from the ground up with the people writing short stories and web blogs and fan fiction, all the way up to the big multi-billion dollar productions. The Sci-Fi Coffee Company has offered a great platform for those types of writers, and I'm hoping that we're going to follow them. I would suggest you follow them literally on Twitter and on their website, sci-fi-coffee.com. If you'd like to get some money off of your order, you can use the coupon code HUNGRY, as in Hungry Trilobite, for 10% off. Don't forget, you could subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.